Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107. I'm Patrick Harrington from Mildly Geeky in Boston. And today we have on Paulo Elias from No Longer IDEO? No Longer IDEO. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Paulo. So this is actually why we wanted to have you on. So we wanted to talk to you about interview, what it's like to interview for a web dev job in, in 2020. Right. Yes. So if you were out in La Fortuna in Costa Rica and you were hiking up the side of the volcano Cerro Chato and someone walked up next to you and they said, hey, what's it like to interview for a web dev job in 2020? Like, what would you tell them? Bring a bottle of rum. A bottle of rum. Mm. <laughs> That's always welcome down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's very interesting. That's for sure. You got to be pithy because there are howler monkeys that are up there and they're yelling at you and they're, they're the kind that fling feces if they want you out of their territory. <laughs> so I'm not even kidding. So what would you say, Paula? I would say start practicing your algor algorithms and esoteric JavaScript knowledge. For real? It's uh, weird. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting sort of path to like navigate i guess is the best way to put it <laughs> you know i i've had this sneaking suspicion and i think that i'm correct that there are lots of jobs in this business that i would apply for and i would fail to get the job like they would turn me down mm -hmm. hard mm -hmm. yeah. but i would do i would do amazing at those jobs you know what i mean yeah that's the, the whole the whole part of that situation is really sort of interesting and intriguing. Mm. It's also it's so like in my case, I've been focusing on basically one product and using React for you know four and a half five years, and then these companies expect you to come in and like do things their way, mm. but they don't tell you what to prepare for or how to prepare. Sometimes if you write the ask if you ask the right question, you can sort of get a hint of like oh you're going to be building some sort of type ahead of component. Or something like that. But I actually just got back from an on-site, and that was one of the components they said I was going to be building, and it wasn't one of the ones I was going to be building. Mm. <laughs> well, okay, so it has to depend on a couple of factors, right? So it has to depend right. one on the size of the company that you're looking mm -hmm. to apply to, because I would I would think that you know, your average agency or your average small company, small defined as less than fifty employees. They're not going to be interviewing you about algorithm stuff. Like, I would be surprised that they would for a web development job. Am, am I wrong? And is it? Well, that's the funny thing, because there's like a, I've interviewed since I started looking at the, you know, sort of really looking at the beginning of January, a small startup and then a larger sort of tech fintech company in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Even the small startup is like first question off the bat was this algorithm I'd never seen before. So that was interesting. Hmm. And sort of, well, the other thing, too, is like especially startups in San Francisco expect you to be full stack regardless of which I think is a meaning. I think is an <laughs> utterly, utterly meaningless term and it triggers me. So, okay. It does. It does me too, but they also take it very seriously. Uh -huh. And you are sort of, <laughs> you don't get, you don't get, you don't like sort of move on in the process if you can't demonstrate that you can do 73 million things. So here's what would happen, uh, Paulo. I go in for that interview and they would be like, are you a full stack developer? And I'd be like, that's not a thing. Like that doesn't, 
exist. <laughs> and then they'd be like, okay, you can leave now. I'm like, okay, <laughs> see you later. Meanwhile, they dug in and they're like, okay, you can do server administration. You can right. write a transcoder API. You get it, you know, so you are, you just hate the term. Yeah, but it's, the best part about this job is it was a front end focused full stack developer. Okay. Who mm. they still haven't hired for because they're, I guess they're looking for some, some unicorn. Mm. But it was, everyone I talked to is like, yeah, we need someone to focus on the front end. We need someone that this experience and it's of course it's all the experience i had but um at the end of the day i didn't move on because i wasn't full stack enough huh See, which was really interesting to me because i've never been in the position where i was told i like wasn't technical enough for a job even though what we spoke about in the interview and what we you know what's on my resume uh, and the projects i worked on were directly related to what they were what they were doing so, but that also just goes to show you if you have any sort of, it seems like if you struggle any bit on just getting the algorithm, they completely just put a black X on you. See, so, yeah, I've done, you know, I've said this many times on here, Patrick is sick of it, but I've done everything from like assembly to C to Swift and PHP and JavaScript and like a mm -hmm. whole bunch of, a whole bunch of wide range of this stuff. But if they start asking me about, you know, specific algorithm implementations, mm -hmm. even if I, even if it was something that I had done many times before, I might right. not even recognize like the technical name that it's called by. And, exactly. And I don't know if I would be able to do it. You know what I mean? Well, that was the, that's the funny thing, especially as I've been like, grinding studying the algorithm it's like oh i've done this before right but it's the way the questions are asked and worded it has really nothing to do with the context of like what you would do in a job okay well so, okay so I, I'm, I'm curious so I'm, i think that i would fail utterly but let's let's reverse the roles you are now the interviewer at this job that you weren't full mm -hmm. stack enough you're interviewing me for the job i sit down all right mr interviewer i'm ready what do you need to know well so they put you in there at the conference room mm -hmm. <laughs> and the first for some reason, the first sort of question is at least the two times I've I've done the on-site. The first question is always the algorithm. All right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, can you... Hit me with the puppy. Uh, Go ahead. Can you... Uh, so one of them was, in hindsight, it was actually really easy, mm -hmm. which is taking an array of sorted numbers. What language? I, I, I'm using JavaScript. Okay. So you take an array of sorted numbers and print out the ranges of strings. So if it's like one, three... Four, five, eight, nine. You print out one comma, and I forgot the numbers. I said three, four, five, three dash five, seven dash eight, and ten in a string. I see. Okay. Which is it's actually when you you know when you sit down and figure it out, it's not that not that difficult. But it's also someone for me who doesn't interview with jobs a lot. It was like really intimidating to sit down there, like what I've never seen this before in my so life. So wait, wait, wait. Just so I understand it. So we've got an array of numbers. So mm -hmm. is there why would there be more than one range? Wouldn't you just range it? from the smallest one to the biggest one or they want so like, you take oh sorry you have to range the consecutive numbers oh i see okay mm. so three to three four five would be three dash five got it it's manipulating an array of things which at the end of the day we do quite a bit when right. we're spitting stuff out from a database so i would do this sort of the way that you do like run length and coding where you just you know you iterate through it and you've got a mode about you know whether you're accumulating or not and just kind of toggle between those as you you know do that with array dot not reduce, but actually, um, you don't even need to do, use reduce. Yeah, um, something. It's like actually that. much simpler than that. But I have a code pen that I had. I've I've been actually keeping of a, a few code pens of these questions I've been asked to. So I think to help me study. I think that one to, I um, could do. 
I could do it. You could. You totally could do it once you see it. Well, mm-hmm. and, but I think that my my first implementation it probably wouldn't be the best. You know what I mean? Right. Because I probably would approach it the way that I I mentioned, and then I would probably look at it and I'd probably be like, oh, I could probably do this better because I, I do that a lot when I'm writing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, it's I think like, we all do, and I think yeah. that's what you're supposed to do. The, yeah. And also in these interviews, they say it's more about how to how you you're supposed to talk out talk out loud mm-hmm. and talk about your thought process and right. what you're doing, why you're doing it maybe collaborating with the interviewer mm-hmm. but they're also timed and it's it's interesting because you feel like you have to get it you have to get it and you come up with sort of a brute force solution and then you can sort of if there's time left over you come up with a more elegant solution but the point is trying to come up with some sort of solution here's the thing paul Sorry? though i think some people listening are just like well wait a minute i'm applying for a web development position why am i being tested on algorithms you know is it because yeah. the the like you have a more of a javascript and react bent maybe than mm-hmm. a decent number of people is it because of the the type of position that you were applying for just implicitly has more of that in it yeah so i'm i've been recruited for and applying to like senior and lead front-end developer positions right uh, right now mostly in san francisco and in in some places front-end developer senior front-end developer means react exactly like literally san francisco it's like yeah right Mm -hmm. like literally that's what it means but in in other countries in other parts of this country it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's the trick of understanding where you're applying and right. sort of the cultures around that. Well, all right, let's, let's keep going. Like what I want to, I'm curious about this other stack stuff, like what other pieces of the stack they wanted you to know. So let's, what's, what's next? Let's assume that I pass that one with flying colors, even though I didn't. Right. And then you, there's a lot of discussion about your projects you've been working on at your current company and challenges mm-hmm. you faced and sort of technical issues that you've um, solved. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of it. Mm, yeah. For the full stack job, they were looking to, they want, so they wanted me to whiteboard an API mm-hmm. for a sports betting website oh. <laughs> where a person could place one or more bets on a team to either win or lose. So it's okay. like take major league baseball. You have what? Is it 32 teams? 30? I can't remember. 30. Teams, 30. 30. Yeah. Anyway, so you list out all the teams and then you have like check boxes by the ones you want to bet on. And it's like a shopping cart type thing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Select the ones you want to bet on and you, yeah, that's how I solved it. But you want to, they wanted you to not only define the actual endpoints and the data that would be returning from them, mm-hmm. but also sort of like a data model from the data database. So okay. at the end of the day, when you get to like, if you were to sit down to do that for a client, you know, you have a couple hours to do it and it's actually fairly, fairly simple to document it. Right. But when you're on a like a whiteboard with, you know, minimum limited space. Yeah. Right. Someone watching you and <laughs> right. like critiquing everything you do. Right. It's like, right. Oh shit. And also the other thing too, is like, if you're like me, you haven't been, you don't really interview that much. Actually, this is the first real time. The first time I've really had to go through interviews like this, which is right. interesting too. In 20 plus years of my career, once you get into it, it's not that not that bad. It's annoying, but it's not that bad. But it's also a weird way to, I think, measure people and how what they can do. Because mm. it's sort of like you have a limited amount of time, which, you know, how do you figure out what someone can do in an hour for each? Well, this was a four hour onsite, so four different hour chunks. So most of this so, so I, far, Paulo, though, I mean, most of it sounds other than the database model. Most mm-hmm. of it sounds not really full stack ish, you know, more right. front end. Mm-hmm. So what what else are they asking you to do? And I get what you're saying, like you know, it's a high pressure environment when you're asked to get up there and 
and perform, you know, and you're essentially, right. you're essentially just thrown up on stage and, and told to dance, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. basically what it is, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Right. But what, what else the more got? you do it, the more you do it, the easier it gets. But uh, sure. so then in this recent uh, onsite I did, it was nine fifteen in the morning to four thirty in the afternoon. Oh, come so, on. <laughs> I talked to, I think almost 25 people. Are you compensated for this? Uh, they paid for a hotel and flight and that okay. sort of thing. I mean, that's something anyway, but mm. yeah, but yeah, it was just, it was, I've also never, the, the worst onsite I've ever been through was like four hours right. tops. Yeah. And so it was uh, a lot of talking with the design and marketing and product folks. And then mm -hmm. there was three code pairing challenges, okay, which were actually fairly simple. They were building out, one was building out like a word, words with friends game in JavaScript, just like a simple like you know here's this array of characters spit it out and then when you click on a character move it to another location on the screen and erase it from the board and we're using but you only have 45 minutes to do this were you do using too. vanilla js were you using react or did it, they it's all vanilla all vanilla ja javascript if it was react it would have been really easy i was well, gonna say yeah Okay. Well, that's also the other thing too, is like, since I've been in React land for so long, just right. trying to grind and remember DOM manipulation in JavaScript. Can you Google? Yeah, you're allowed to Google, but you also only have 45 minutes to do it. Right. Well, that's um, fine. You're also... Yeah, let's be honest. Like, I mean, everyone, when they're developing stuff these days, like it's Google-driven development. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I'm sorry. Exactly, exactly. It just is. I know people from super experienced people to, to newcomers, like... You know, obviously there there'll be some things that you don't need to Google every line, but yeah. everyone is doing it in terms of the the development part of it. You know, and I will say that their their process was much more humane in that it's like they they're telling you that you're in a real world situation, use Google or right. whatever you have, but the problems are having you code in CodePen. Hmm. Mm. And for some reason, the, the autocomplete has been turned off. No, <laughs> that's a yeah. bummer. So that's like, oh my God, what's going on? So if you've ever tried, so in the last how many years have we had Linters and VS right. Code and Atom right. and that autocomplete for you, that adds sort of another like, oh God. And especially like, I'm one of those people that I hate typing in front of other people. So I'm right. already, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> like a, a monkey smashing the keyboard. Yeah. But anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to talking to like 20 plus people, you have these three coding challenges. One was actually, another one was really simple. It was like a job card with a, when you mouse over it, one of the, the left, the right side of the card would like fade into green. When you clicked on it, a modal would sort of slide down within the card. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's actually not that hard, but it's also, again, timed with people next to you taking notes while you're doing it. You're like, wait, did I just screw something up? Yeah. And you're paranoid about making mistakes. And what does that <sighs> say? And yeah, it's not and then, is it because you're on the West Coast and the, the talent out there, there's such a hard push for, you know, people that are the, the type of people that get hired by Google or by Facebook? Is it just, do you think it's also where you live or do you think this is everywhere I, I you know i'm in boston which is not an uncompetitive market but i feel like it's not quite at that level i think it's just a, a symptom of the location mm. because and especially so, so for the role i was interviewing for yeah you needed strong javascript skills mm -hmm. but it was also more working with design product and marketing folks mm -hmm. as a sort of senior level front-end engineer but like when you're building landing pages for their product and and not working in the sort of dashboard area of their product it's it's stuff that you you we all do every day without a problem totally yeah so the way they interview for it was really interesting hmm. because it was the, the coding challenges were definitely kind of related 
mm-hmm. but also you also don't know how much weight they put on us. I'm just waiting to hear back on that. Right. Yeah, and were, <laughs> were you finding were you finding that they were also testing you on the soft skills on working with marketing and business owners to get requirements and understand and raise concerns about an interface? Yeah, the whole point of those pairing things is to like you talk through your thought process, what you're doing, mm-hmm. how you're doing it, how you know what, how you can probably <laughs> optimize it. It's so, all like, so, and at the end of the day, it's all fairly, fairly straightforward, but it's, the pressure is really weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course you get there and nothing's set up correctly. And so you waste <laughs> 10 minutes getting everything set up. You have 45 minutes total to do it. So there, right. you know, you're already wasting time. And so you don't know if that's being counted against you. They probably, maybe they do that on purpose just to like rattle you. I don't know. But so if what's one of those things that if you code vanilla JavaScript and HTML, CSS every day, multiple hours a day, the questions aren't that probably not that difficult and probably something you've you've seen a million times right mm-hmm. so that's that's good but also when you're someone that was like you know had a full-time job and family and you don't get a ton of time to practice it also i can see it being very very stressful well also as you in your normal work job you don't have people judging you <laughs> You know, in terms of like, you know, can you can you do this thing, you know, but so so when you're doing this pair programming, I'm sure part of it is that they're kind of looking at your psychology as well and how well you you pair with the other people. So like probably a bad thing to do would be to yell at the other person and say, no, don't Uh, use don't use tabs, use spaces like. Yeah. (laughs) Or or get into an an argument over (laughs) formatting with them or something that would probably be bad, right? That'd be a bad sign. Exactly. But that's the other thing, too, with CodePen, with all the formatting stuff turned off. Yeah, right. You can't get even like you have to. You actually have to pay attention to like adding curly braces and commas and semicolons and stuff. That'd be funny if you walked in there and you, you determined immediately you didn't want the job and then you decided to just get into a pedantic argument over tabs versus spaces. You would yeah. become legend. Like they would talk about you for, for years. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. So this is, I mean, a confession to make, Paulo. I have never interviewed for a job that I'm looking for. Never. Like not even once. That's awesome. But I have been on the other side where I have interviewed people for positions to to work for me. And I'll tell you what, like at least for my position, and you know, this has always been in the context of a smaller company, not mm-hmm. in the context of like a, you know, a huge company with thousands of employees. So, you know, my my opinion is going to be different on this, but I've always found that when you're hiring someone, it's obviously got to be someone with, you know, that is a, is a reasonable person right? That you're going to, you're going to be able to work with and they, you know, they've got a decent personality because that's important. You know, that's equally as important, I think, in a lot of cases as their hard skills in terms of, you know, coding or whatever. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's great to get someone that, you know, can hit the ground running doing a thing, especially if you need a thing, right? Like if someone you're applying for a position that was vacated where they need a React developer to work on this thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's great that you hit the ground running with being able to do React development. But the thing that I have always always found to be more important is can you learn because especially in this business the tools change the languages change the technology changes like all of this stuff changes all the time and are you able to pick up new stuff quickly and easily and not just are you able like are you willing because i've known a number of people that just get stuck in a box and they don't want and they don't want to learn anything new and if you hire that person you know i mean it's great if their role never changes then they're fine (laughs) but if not that's like hiring an anchor you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah 
that's the whole very, I mean, that's one of the most intriguing parts of the whole process that I've never experienced because this is the first time in 20 years I've really had to go through a gauntlet of real interviews. Like when I interviewed with IDEO, I was already contracting with them and they asked me to throw my hat in the ring and the interview process was like, hey, we like you. We're going to have you talk to 15 people over 10 days, over 10 weeks or whatever. It took a long time for exactly, you know, for knowing they wanted to hire me. But anyways, it was like, and then before that, when I was, uh, I worked at a little a startup in Emeryville, a Bay Area, a buddy of mine became the director of marketing and it's like, hey, do you want to join the team? I'm like, okay, sure. So it was like talking to the other people on the team was just a formality. Mm. People already knew that I had some technical chops. And right. I've always been successful. And then when I was, of course, running my studio for how many years? Almost 20. It's, uh, you, know, you know, people hire me based on my past experience and projects. And it's weird being in a position where that stuff is kind of thrown out the window. Mm. Right. Um, or it feels like it is because getting told that you're not full stack enough. Also, that's my that was my first on-site sort of ever that I'd gone through. And I was just, you know, starting to look and I want to know more holidays. I want to know more. What part were you not full stack enough? Like what? what I, did well, they I think need? because I because I didn't get the algorithm the first time. Which like, one? It took me the range of sequential numbers. But that's not really like full stack ish. Well, that's... that's the thing. That's it took me like I. It took me a good 10 minutes of looking at the screen and like, oh, okay. And working on the problem. Mm. The guy that was interviewing me was actually the person who was (laughs) responsible for their whole matching algorithm in their app. Uh, So I'm like talking to this like (laughs) master's level, PhD level algorithms dude who gave me, which is at the end of the day was a fairly simple algorithm. But since you've, when you've never been in that position and that I wasn't even grinding on sites like Leap Code and Free Code Camp actually has a lot of good algorithm questions that um, I practice with. But that was before I was even, I knew that was a thing because they never, they said that nothing like that would be part of the interview process because I knew someone at the company too. But here's the thing, Paulo, about development and algorithms and all that stuff. All of them are simple or most of them, not, not all of them, but most of them are simple once you've done it. You know what I mean? Once you've done it and once you see the patterns, it's not that it's not that difficult sometimes there's like there's some that come across of like you know multiply all of the odd prime numbers to four trillion figuring out how to get to a prime number in an algorithm is you just have to figure out how to do it and when, once right. you figure that out then you know how to solve the problem right yeah it's just it's a very interesting way to interview folks because it throws out the whole like well i've done this for 20 years i've had jobs and run a development studio for 20 years i mean like i've been still able to feed my family and put a roof over my head so i kind of know what i'm doing (laughs) yeah and i i sort of feel like about me personally and you know maybe i'm just completely wrong about it but i sort of feel like if i was thrown into a situation to do many different things like if i didn't know it i feel fairly confident that i could figure it out oh for sure yeah and how do you measure that though yeah well i mean the other the fun thing too is the last interview i had this past this this week their algorithm question wasn't even an algorithm question okay ios developer sat down with me and said okay we're gonna build keynote i just (laughs) to come up with classes to have like a presentation with slides in it okay we're gonna have methods to add and remove slides and blah 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 all right so the funny thing with that is like, I haven't used JavaScript classes ever in my life in that context. Mm. Um, but, you know, using the MB- NDN, MDN docs, I was able to figure that whole thing out in within the timeline of the the, the hour, the 45 minutes we had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. I was able to figure this out on the fly. So there, that's a perfect example of, oh, I haven't done this in this context before. Let me try to figure it out. And I was able to 
figure it out. So. Now, now, were there any standards in terms of like what variant of JavaScript you were required to do this in? Mm, no, I just did it in ES six plus. So. Because I, because I know like you know the the classes are different and have changed over time depending on what you're using. You know. Yeah, actually, before ES six, JavaScript didn't really have classes. Right. Classes are just a, a syntactic sugar over. Mm -hmm. um, what is it? The prototype. I'm trying to remember the exact. It's been so long since I've even looked into it. ES six classes are not. They're completely different from how you would do it. And right. And aren't there aren't there changes in ES seven plus and all that too with classes? I'm pretty sure there are. Uh, in the context of this question, if there are, it didn't would matter. Apply. It was just basically come up coming up with two classes and then methods inside these classes to because that's the weird the, array. the weird tricky thing about doing some of this stuff in JavaScript is I would be I'd be like, well, you know, what do I get to use? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. can I use fat arrow stuff? Like. Right. Like, well, a lot of places will let you use the, the language you're most comfortable with. But since I'm interviewing in senior front end roles, right. they're all JavaScript, Node, that sort of thing. So, right. Do you even um, tell them that you do PHP at all? Or is that just a smell that you don't want coming off you? It's on my resume. But during these sort of pairing things, you don't have really time to even get into it. Yeah. So, but, but also they're, they're just there to judge you on getting this component built, which is the other thing. Other weird thing is because you have all these different people from across the team interviewing about certain things, but it never really connects the dots and also mm. doesn't really connect like someone who doesn't interview well, but who knows what they're doing and is a, you know, eager learner and can get things done. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, well, at least in my context of like when I've interviewed people in the past, finding those diamonds in the rough. So one of the best people I've ever worked with bombed their interview, but there was like, there was something there that I was like, okay, I think, I think she, she really knows what she's doing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give her a chance. And she ended up being one of the best people I've ever worked with. So. Yeah. And that happens. I mean, some people just don't interview well, but it doesn't mean mm -hmm. they couldn't do the job really well exactly, but exactly. Here's, or you know people haven't you know, I've, I've had they don't have the context of why i've been in one job for five years sometimes you know if you're not used to that style of interview maybe that person isn't comfortable or you know a little bit more nervous than a normal person i don't know it's, it's an interesting sort of dichotomy of like measuring people and measuring people from the company but also being a person in a in a situation interviewing in an interview process you're not familiar with right so in, in addition to trying to look for, can people learn? You know, I used mm -hmm. to use logic puzzles and, you know, occasionally would there would be some, some code involved as well. The other mm -hmm. thing I would look at is just like the really, you know, the, the more elite colleges, they don't just look at your GPA. They look at your extracurricular activities. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing I used to look at was just like, okay, you know, that's cool that you worked at this place for a while, but, you know, what do you got going on on your, your GitHub stuff? Right. Do you have any pet projects that you work on on your own? Like what, what, are your, what are your hobby projects? You know what I mean? Because that gives you an insight into the person and how motivated they are. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like if, if you're so motivated that you have side projects where you're working on this stuff, then, I mean, you, you're definitely, you're definitely there. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, and in these cases, that seems to go out the window too. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's Or seems... at least when I, when I mentioned it, no one really used that in the interview process. So I mean, we'll it, see how Tuesday went. At least in my <laughs> mind, that's a mistake, but who knows? I mean, maybe it's something they look at afterwards and there are other ways that it could be looked at right you could look at you know, the fact that someone is doing all this stuff on the side you could look at that from the point of view of well are they are we going to be getting 100 percent of their time you know i mean i guess there's a negative way you could look at that as well but yeah but there's a, there's definitely balance but also one of the things that one of the phone screens i had was with the head of design of this this group mm -hmm. and he said like we can't find anyone for this position because it's so unique all these companies hire front-end engineers as they're, they're like they're hiring a, a back-end engineer they're not mm -hmm. very creative they can just 
just they can pass the algorithms and make a drop down menu. <laughs> but what these people are looking for is someone is someone that who can actually work with people and take design and product and marketing requirements and make something beautiful from you know take what the designers built and make it beautiful. And there's definitely more to the, the this job than that. But when he said that was a hard thing to hire for in San Francisco, I was like, that kind of blew me away because yeah. to me, as someone who's been working with in an agency capacity or uh, building websites and working with designers and marketing and product folks, my most of my almost entire career, it seems second nature to me. So right. hopefully that, that helps me. So we'll see. Well, what do you think, Patrick? Like, what do you, have you ever gone through this interview process? Like how long has it been, Patrick, since you were actually sitting oh. there interviewing for a job? It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I've I've had quasi interviews, but not anything quite like this. I don't know. I, I I made a transition at one point in my career from being more more of a UX and user interface person, and then went straight into running my own business where I did development. So I feel like I've never been through a proper web dev interview. Mm. That's not to say that I haven't had that sort of thing happen or anything like that in my time. But yeah, nothing quite like that. But I've had recruiters come at me and you know just talking about what are the things that they're looking for. Every single job that if ever a headhunter sends me a note, you know, React is on there, Node is on there. Mm, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, AWS sometimes, uh, Java still for whatever reason. I'm, I'm like, do you mean JavaScript? Because I'm really hoping you mean JavaScript. No. In the corporate world, Java is still, it's still a thing. Yeah. Or Kotlin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I haven't been out there interviewing for jobs. I've been doing my own thing, but it's, I have interviewed other people. I'm usually the type of person that's looking more like, show me code you've written, show me how you worked out this issue. I don't know, for whatever reason, I feel it's not too constructive to put someone on the spot. Like if I need to put them on the spot and see if they can figure out, you know, FizzBuzz or something like, I don't know, I guess that shows me if they've seen FizzBuzz before, or if they can come up with it pretty quickly. But I don't know if they're... Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, you get yeah. people that that know how to interview. And you yeah. get people that know how to work with people and, and get the job done. See, the, here's yeah. what interests me is that, Paula, you're talking about the fact that you're applying for a front end engineer job for the most part. A lot of these places you've been applying to. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard a word about HTML or CSS. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> What's yep, the deal? That's the, that's the fun part about it. And also with the, it's extra fun for me because since I've been in React so long and you know, even though JSX is HTML sort of mm -hmm. like, yep. I still took time to like, okay, I'm going to build a landing page just so I can remember how to do it with just plain CSS and CSS properties and semantic HTML just to remember how to do it. Mm. But it's actually funny how, how your brain also atrophies in certain areas when you've been doing something sure. for so long. Sure. Uh, working on a certain project for so long, but these a lot of these companies expect you to do things their way without telling you what to what to prepare for. So that's always fun too. Mm. But that um, just seems crazy to me. I think there are a lot of people listening who'd be like, you know, I'm a, I'm a front end developer. Isn't doesn't front end include HTML and CSS? Like what what's going on? What happened <laughs> to the world? You know? Yeah, and the and at least in the components that I was building for this last on site, you definitely had to write this HTML and you had to write the CSS, uh -huh. but it was, I believe they were, I mean, it felt like they were judging you more on the actual JavaScript you output than right. the actual, mm. uh, you just want, you just needed to make look, make it look like the little PNGs they sent you, which weren't, you know, designed super, it wasn't like a super complex, sophisticated design, which, you know. They yeah. didn't care that you had semantic HTML. They didn't run it through WC, WC3 validator, right? <laughs> they didn't care about any of that. They just wanted to see the React part of it is what you're saying. Yeah. And it wasn't React, it was vanilla JavaScript. Vanilla, I'm sorry, vanilla JavaScript. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. So it's like one of those things that you can, I actually kind of, this is one of those things why I think everyone needs to have some sort of JavaScript experience if they're going to try to get a job because those folks that were really good at just HTML and CSS and translating design comps into beautiful HTML pages, it's, I I don't even know how they get jobs because Mm. it's, they're very valuable in this, in in the industry, especially people that know what they're doing. Um, Because what we, what I'm seeing is you have all these full stack backend developers who don't really care about the front end. Right. Right. Um, And it was really, really interesting being interviewed by a whole team of folks who are like, we need someone with a skill. We need someone with a skill. Wow. You can do X, Y, and Z. We're still stuck on webpack too because no one wants to touch it mm. and then to be like uh oh, well you're not full stack enough for, for that <laughs> job it's like what what are you talking about this is everything that you need i can do so and that's like, i can still do database stuff and i can still work on your rails app if you need to but like <laughs> it doesn't sound like there's gonna be time for that and that's where i would kind of get hung up I think, Paulo. And that's why I said in the beginning that I thought that I would probably fail a lot of these interviews, but I also think that if they hired me, I would kick ass. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Well, I think a lot of us that we we know would be in that same boat. Right. And it's not because, I mean, okay, so part of it, you can be like, all right, well, whatever, you're just being overconfident or whatever. But no, it's really, it's based on a history of me being able to be like, okay, I'm going to learn this thing. Mm-hmm. And I have been able to get really good at the thing that I wanted to learn. Right. Um, and I know that that's different. You know, they they may want someone where you're not out of the box. We want you to be, you know, super awesome React developer or, or whatever. But again, that's, I don't know. I mean, it's something that I look for and maybe it's because I, that's how I operate. But I look for people that can learn because I know that what you're doing now is not what you're going to be doing in two or three years. You know what I mean? Exactly. Even if it's the same language, it's probably not going to be the same API. Mm-hmm. Any, any challenges that is going to come up is new. I mean, I just I just care more that you can figure stuff out, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, and also, you're not an asshole. Right. Well, That's, that disqualifies I mean, think, me. I'm all right. See you yeah. later. Well, I think <laughs> team fit and learning, I think, get overlooked way more than they should be. Right. Companies that claim that, you know, we're not looking for just like, can you sort a binary tree? Right. They uh, they miss out, I think, on a lot of. But here's OK. Well, this is what drives me nuts, Paul. This is driving me nuts about this is that how to sort a binary tree has been solved. Like they're like, here's the algorithm. <laughs> just look it up, paste it in. If you want to understand it, that's great. But that's we're good. Hey, as long as you can you can memorize how to to identify these problems and solve right. them. Right. Then you can get a job. But right. it, it it is a very small slice of what a person can do. Can they learn? Are they easy to work with? Mm-hmm. You get the. I mean, what, what the funny part about this whole algorithm thing is they claim that they use them to see what your thought process is like. Since I guess legally they can't give you like IQ tests. Um, they can't it's a way to sort of understand your thought process and logic logical thinking and skills and that sort of thing okay so that part i'm i'm down with like i'm if if the goal is like what i want to avoid in in this process or or i would think people would want to avoid is hiring someone that's really good at taking the test you know what i mean that's that's what i would get at you can you can memorize the actual questions or the patterns in the questions right and okay maybe that makes that makes you good at remembering things but that still doesn't mean <laughs> right. you do you really know how to you know if you had to do this without ever looking at it but at the same time like you don't know how to do it until you do it right so it's a weird sort of like dichotomy of we're t- testing you on logic but it's logic that you've practiced hundreds of times if you're preparing for your interviews mm-hmm. correctly it's, it's not really testing you it's like can you memorize things? right right <laughs> 
Right. And, and, and then, okay, you found someone who spent a bunch of time studying, you know, algorithms is good at taking the tests and everything. But, you know, what happens when they're facing a real world challenge of something new that they've never seen before? I mean, then what? Yeah, well, hopefully they, if they're smart enough to memorize algorithms, they can Google <laughs> or talk to people or I don't know. But it's, it, it is really interesting to like go from like, hey, I've done all this pretty cool stuff that's, you know, solved problems and hit goals and increased revenue and increased growth metrics but you know i guess i can't i can't uh, merge this linked list with another one so well you know so like what patrick was kind of talking about in terms of he's in boston and you're out in san francisco i think it probably is true that based on where you are the jobs are much much more javascript heavy and probably react heavy you know in terms mm -hmm. of like what you need to know to to do it right but i also think that there are a lot of people who have been in this business a long time that they don't really realize how much the job market has shifted to some extent so exactly. like if you had to put a percentage on the the big three html css javascript what percentage do you think they're the the they're placing the emphasis on for each one well the places i've been talking to it's all javascript they don't care if it's like you're using spans <laughs> to lay out a page just make them inline blocks or okay. block level and you're fine. <laughs> okay, so the places that you've interviewed at, like literally your interviews have been 100% JavaScript. That's what it feels like they've been testing you on, yeah. Yeah. So they didn't they didn't ask anything about HTML or CSS. Okay, now can well, you... the, so in, in the last one you had to make these components. So right. you had to come up with the HTML and you had to style them. Right. Mm -hmm. But that is <laughs> it still didn't feel like that was what they were testing you on. But here's the thing. So Patrick, let's say you were hiring someone to augment the work that you do, right? Mm -hmm. Where would you pick place the percentages in terms of like what their skills would need to be? Uh, of the, only the big three: HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Oh, uh, HTML, CSS, JavaScript. Uh, I'd say I, the truth, I, I care less than I used to even a few years ago about HTML. Mm -hmm. I care much more about their ability to, yeah, I guess build out a page, work with libraries that I work with, like Tailwind and all that. So even then, is CSS as big a concern as it used to be? I, most of it, we're using utility libraries. Mm -hmm. JavaScript is a big portion of it. I'd probably say 50% JavaScript, 30% CSS, 20% HTML. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I think that's probably pretty reasonable. And mm -hmm. uh, like sad but true, I don't even know if it's sad, but I think it's just a reality. Like HTML has become a build target to some extent. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's this, no. mm -hmm. it's this neutral format. It's a build target. You may or may not actually be writing anything in it, like depending on what you're doing. Like maybe you're using mm -hmm. like Pug or Jade <laughs> or one of those weird <laughs> things, you know? And it's just this like neutral build target. And to some extent, I mean, JavaScript is sort of like that too, right? Because there are all these other languages that you could be using it to build target it to. But it's just interesting to me that, you know, you think front-end developer, or at least when I think front-end developer, I'm like, oh, you know, they do HTML, but it's just, it doesn't seem <laughs> like that's really what's going on anymore. No, yeah. Now, Which, I mean, you know, the, the industry is changing, the landscape is changing, but the emphasis on that and nothing else, at least so far, has been kind of eye-opening. Right. Well, because if you were being hired just to do HTML and CSS, like to lay pages out or, or whatever it is that you're doing, none of those algorithm questions ever even enter the mix because there are no algorithms, right? No, I mean, unless you're pulling stuff out of a database and it's a huge data set. Right. Well, you're okay. working with a huge like an API endpoint with a huge array and you need to make it efficient. Mm -hmm. But again, yeah, that's that's like edge case. Right. The majority of the stuff on the front end is that's going to be done for you already. Right. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's very interesting because I think there are a lot of people that have are in the, you know, freelance or work at small agency position. Like that's where they're at. And mm-hmm. the reality of what people are looking for when they're looking to hire, I think is out of sync. Right. You know, in terms of, in terms of what they do. Well, I was in that boat before I got to IDEO. If right. IDEO asked me these questions, I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to work there. So, right. right. It's, uh, it, I mean, I was also really lucky that I was contracting with them and they, they could see like, oh, he knows what he's doing. Right. And he's also easy to work with. So maybe we want to hire him because apparently they were interviewing other people and they was told that it was really hard to find someone who would fit on the team. So. And also you're kind of easy on the eyes. I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't hurt either. You know what I mean? Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't agree with that, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's say we were good, we're going to interview you. I'm going to interview you, Paula. What do you think? Oh God, you up for it? Oh boy. Uh, you can try. I'll, All right, do I I'm get, in here as your HR get, representative. I will keep an eye on things. <laughs> do I get to use Google? All right, Paulo, welcome, welcome aboard. My name is Billy D. Joe Bob. I know you're here. You're here for the the interview. Is that correct? I don't think I, I think I'm in the <laughs> wrong place. Are Are you not here for the interview? Yes, I am, sir. All right. So can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am. My name is Paulo. I used to work at IDEO. IDEO? Is that an acronym? No, it's actually the name of the company. IDEO. Okay. And they were a global design firm. But they are a global design firm. But they capitalize it. Don't you only capitalize it if it's it's an acronym? I believe so. But that's the, there are a bunch of designers who like to design things. All right. Well, if they decide they want to, they, and after the fact, they can figure out some kind of acronym that they want to throw in there. Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyways, I was on the, uh, I was a tech lead and product engineer on their global marketing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the most notable largest public project, I was a product project. I was, I worked on was IDEO.com, which is a, uh, react app statically generated with Gatsby talking to a GraphQL backend. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, hold on. Hold on just a minute. Here. <laughs> I, the only part of that conversation I understood was the, the dot com part. Like I understand that's the internet part. What what do you know about tanning buffalo hides? <laughs> I know you must kill the buffalo before you tan their hide. You definitely want to do that. You try and tan the you try and tan the hide while it's still on the buffalo, you're gonna end up in a world of hurt. Let me tell you, those things can mess you up and your car. Like you be done. <laughs> So are you in the wrong place then? Because we're looking to hire someone to help us tan our buffalo hides. We don't need I no. I, I believe I, I opened the wrong, the wrong, the wrong portal to hell. I think you're on the wrong Zoom meeting right now because this is <laughs> this is not what we're looking for. <laughs> All right, no, but seriously, Anyways. I'll do it. For, I'll do it for real. I'll do it for real. Okay. So, Paulo, I'm looking to hire someone to join my fledgling agency. And, okay. you know, I, I do uh, a lot of development with uh, some craft CMS stuff, but we also do quite a bit with custom sites. And I've been doing, you know, some work with Vue, a little bit with React and, you know, a whole bunch of other type of stuff. We're looking to bring someone on that can help out. Talk to me. Okay. Well, it's, it's your lucky day because mm. I happen to love working with craft. Mm-hmm. I happen to love working with JavaScript. All right. I have a lot of, or I like to think I have a lot of React experience. 
How do you feel about Webpack? Which, Love it? Hate it? I can tolerate it, but okay. I try to find tools that deal with it for me. Okay. And with my experience in React, working with Vue is uh, relatively easy to sort of pick up as a needed and can um, be happy to do that. I've been looking forward to doing that. Mm-hmm. And I've also been working with designers and marketers and product folks my entire career. So I'm able to help them go from their idea to uh, help through design to prototyping to you know, production quality front end and back end and CMS implementations. Hmm. Now I've got a couple more questions for you, but my, my CTO, Patrick Harrington, I want to see if he <laughs> wants to, to chime in here and uh, just get a better sense of you and uh, what, what you're all about. So Patrick, you got anything that you would like to ask Paulo? I was not told about this interview. It was not on my schedule today. Uh, I, 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 I'm all set. I'm all set. I have told you to check your emails, Patrick. <laughs> all right. You, you know what? Paulo, I'm changing the course of the interview. Would you like to interview for a CTO position? Uh, I actually would prefer to stick to an individual contributor role at the moment. So. Really? So you, you would prefer to actually be building stuff rather than managing people for the most There's part? There's a lot less work in the CTO role. Uh, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not the last one I talked to. Mm-hmm. He wishes he could still code. I don't know. I'm still in that sort of phase where I love building stuff. Yeah, me too. Me too. So even, so maybe tech lead where I could get to still build stuff and lead a team. Yep. But eventually maybe an engineering manager or VP or CTO of engineering, whatever would be fun. But I think you have to enjoy being a manager if you want to do those things, because it's inevitable that if you're going to be in that role, that Mm -hmm. you're not going to be building stuff anymore. And most of your job is going to be about managing people, you know? Right. Yeah. And I do like the aspect of helping people succeed and right and navigate their careers and you can do that as a tech lead. But the irony um, the irony is though. Yeah, as a tech lead you can definitely do that, but the irony is a lot of people in that not everybody, all right? But a lot of people that end up being product managers or CTOs or you know whatever, mm-hmm. it ends up being this weird inverted thing where the people that they're managing know way more than they do. You know? right. <laughs> About and the they just they're there to shuttle shuttle people around, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people that I've talked to, especially on the product side, are developers who don't want to code anymore. Mm, interesting. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. Which that- is actually, you know, it, it helps that a, a product person has some engineering under experience and understanding. So they can, I think having the more holistic experience you have across the entire sort of stack not just tech, but, you know, design, product, marketing, mm-hmm. um, just gathering feedback from customers is, I think that helps. I think that makes you a better product manager and you develop better products. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. Like I regressed and went back to building stuff because I found that that's what makes me happy and that's what I like. But I, I think that you're right that someone with a technical background makes a much better product manager. Because they mm-hmm. know how to build the stuff, even if they're not up on the latest stuff anymore. You know, I've, I've also seen it the other way where someone is just like a, a general manager type of person and they're put in, tar- in charge of a tech team. And uh, it's it doesn't always work out the best, you know, right. really... you have to have someone that you trust as a lead of that team yeah. that can help you. So, Paula, the places that you're interviewing at, I mean, are they medium sized companies, large companies? Like, how would you how would you couch them? Or is it a variety of, of places? So far, well, so I've interviewed, so I've had two on-site interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was at a smallish startup. Another one was at a large fintech company in San Francisco. Okay. The startup was in San Francisco as well. And then I have a tech screen this upcoming Wednesday with another, I guess they're still considered a startup, but they're fairly large. They have offices around the country already. Mm. It's not WeWork, don't worry. Um <laughs> And yep. then I have 
you know, I've been slowly getting into it because I don't want to get too much on my plate while I'm trying to sort of ramp up on learning how to interview again. Right. I just had a f- call yesterday for another sort of long-term craft contract, which would be kind of fun. And so, yeah, they're just slowly sort of trickling in. And I have these recruiters I've been talking with that, like, want to schedule 17 calls next week with companies. <laughs> now, Paulo, is, is some of this kind of like after having been married for a lengthy amount of time, having to learn how to date again. I mean, at some, at some point it doesn't sound that fun. You know what I mean? That's one of the reasons I'm actually starting to like talk to more people is just to get that experience again. Mm. It is definitely like being married and then I guess trying to date again, which knock on wood, I don't have to do yet. Right. But it's, it's, (laughs) it's, well, you could, but you won't be married very long. Yeah, this is true. It's a fascinating experience because it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's fascinating that what you have to do, the jumps you have to to jump through, but it's also, it feels more like throwing as much shit against the wall. Hmm. Until you see what sticks. Right. Um, it's you, a numbers game. Yeah, you got to get good. You got to get good at being at interviewing, right? Right. It's also, that's basically the job. You have to know how to interview. Yeah. And just um, like if you were back in the dating scene, you know, you got to get good at schmoozing and talking to people and, you know, doing that kind of right. thing. Yeah. Exactly. yeah that's also if you're, you know, going on match.com or Tinder or whatever the kids are using <laughs> these days. If you're just going out and just a random face among the crowd, I, I feel, Paolo, your biggest thing is, you know, you are a known entity in this community community and right. you worked with audio, you must have contacts. Have you tried to reach out to people who know your reputation or you know, can speak to your work already and might, might not put you through just the, you're, you know, you're a name and a resume and we're going to bring you in and just throw algorithms at you? Have you, have you mm. gone that route as well? Yeah, I've reached out to a couple of people, but I haven't played that card entirely, entirely yet. I want to, while I still have savings, I want to try to do as much of my own mm-hmm. to get the practice of interviewing. Mm-hmm. So one thing I learned with my previous job is I got really complacent and was basically just doing my job in in my own tech stack for the four and a half years. And Paulo, use yeah. your network. Use your network. Like that. I know. I know. Totally I know. do it. You know, it's just like, you know, if you were to go out dating again, to keep that analogy going, uh-huh. it would be much better than just like firing up Tinder or cruising the nightclubs. It would be much better if you had like a friend that knew you that had also had a friend that, oh, they, that, they, that's that they thought you would get along with. You and know? that's how I've gotten all my previous jobs. So, right. right. So, so I might have gotten the contract at IDEO because I knew somebody. And, yeah. So, but there's part of me right now, at least for the next few weeks or month, that I want to get that experience of interviewing anonymously, if that makes sense. All right. Because I've never done that before, and I have an opportunity to do that right now, just to sort of get that experience and just understanding all the different questions you're trying to be, they're trying to ask you. Right. Um, and then start, you know, bugging you guys for for handouts. <laughs> I mean, so I can feed my kid and and afford my mortgage. I mean, that that was something that occurred to me when I wound down my company that I ran for decades, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm unhirable. You know what I mean? Because... Well, I am because who who is going to judge like what I know and what I can do and what I can't do? You know what I mean? Right. There's no, mm-hmm. there's, you know what I mean? And You're well qualified to work for SEO firms now at this point, which <laughs> I don't know how you feel about that. Anyway, but you, you know what I'm I'm saying, and it, it's kind yeah. of similar, right? 
you know? Uh-huh. But the one thing I was I am going to say, though, is like in my last gig, since it was so focused on a certain tech stack, moving forward, you never know what's going to happen and you never know what's, how circumstances can change. Right. So be be more prepared for like, OK, I've been at this place for X number of years. I've done everything I can. I'm going to look for something else. Just be, you, you want to sort of have a baseline sort of preparedness for going out in the world. So right. and, and being prepared for these interviews. So that's one of the reasons I'm trying to struggle through. Makes um, sense. Being, being one of those like numbers in the game of trying to get a job at these big tech companies just to get that experience. I, and also, I don't know if I got an offer at one of these big t- tech companies, if it would be worth staying at for the long term, too. So mm. that's the other thing. Mm. So, hey, Paul, are there some of these places that you've interviewed at that wouldn't, no matter how good or bad you did on the interview that you already kind of knew that if they made you an offer, you would just be like, nah, you know, I'm good. One place. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I've only gone on site twice mm-hmm. and I'm starting to ramp up on all the tech screens and calls and that sort of thing. But one place, yeah, it would, would have been just the, knowing the culture and what they were looking for. They were looking for one thing, but knowing that they basically were going to hire someone else, right. another another skill set. And that doesn't even touch what they were trying to hire for. It would have been like, do I want to be that one person in this sea of Harvard computer science folks that are so tunnel visioned that it, would it be fun for me? Right. But but would you want to nail the interview so you got the job offer anyway? You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. Right. I mean, okay. getting the job offer is I've, yeah, up until this whole process, like I've always, I've never, I've never been denied a job. Ooh. And so the first one I went into, like, ah, you're not, you're not technical enough. Like, oh, okay. Or whatever they said, full stack enough. I was like, oh, okay. That's interesting. So, but also that's another reason I want to go through this is to, I know this probably sounds sadistic, but uh, get that thick skin and, and just to, cause I've never had to go through that before. I've been the, very privileged. The word you're looking for is masochistic. Mas- yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> sadistic. Well, I mean, depending on how bad you interview, it could be sadistic. Like if you're putting, <laughs> if you're putting them through a horrible time, then, yeah. you know, but potentially it could be. Well, yeah. this is really, this has been really interesting, Paulo, because I, I think it's uh, you offer a really unique window into what it's like to interview at the web dev world. And I do think it's probably more skewed towards JavaScript and React than the industry as a whole. But I also mm-hmm. think that it is more skewed in that direction than a lot of people realize. It's Well, I guess it also depends on the market you're hiring, you're looking right. to, to get a job in. But the uh, one of the things that I wanted to get out of this sort of podcast was just to let people know that it is as bad as people think or right. say. And if you are looking to make a move, plan for it as and start practicing as much as you can um, before you uh, make that jump because it's it can take you know it's this is like pretty much my first real month of looking for things right and it was after the holidays so you know I guess two weeks but I you know I might have to like prepare to be like two or three months before I'm like oh crap <laughs> I need to get something here pretty quickly so um, uh, well I'm gonna make a move Paulo I'm gonna make a move to wrap up the podcast so that okay. about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast if you'd like to have every episode delivered to your favorite player you can subscribe via RSS or find us on iTunes or Google Play and if you like what we're doing please review the show on iTunes it's the best way to help others find the show and you can also find us on Twitter at devmode fm and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode leave us a comment on the devmode data <laughs> leave us a comment on the devmode.fm website where we can continue the conversation for the devmode.fm podcast i'm andrew welch i'm patrick harrington and thank you paulo elias for coming on and speaking your truth thank you for having me it was great it was fun
only that I, I stopped the podcast not only because we're at you know about the one hour mark, but also mm-hmm. I've been petting this dog like crazy for the last ten minutes <laughs> to try to try and stop her from like freaking out and making noise. Yeah, I heard a shake there a little at the end there because yeah. then I'm gonna have to go edit it and it's gonna drive me crazy. And my hand is actually getting tired like from doing this, <laughs> oh so I'm just God. like I've I've just I have to end the episode. <laughs> so there you go. All right, so I stopped the that recording. I stopped.